and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Welcome back to a Topic Tuesday. I feel like I was going to launch into a song then, and it's lucky for most people that I didn't launch into song. Chandra, welcome back. What are we chatting about today? Look, today we're going to talk about uh, the stigma of addiction in the workplace, and this is a really interesting um, conversation for, you know, for, for many industries, um, heavy industry um, and the transport industry in particular. But, um, yeah, there's uh, the uh, articles by Professor, Professor Anne Roach and uh, um, it really um, opens up some interesting conversation written in August 2018. Um, so not that old. Um, but, yeah, let's just look at um, some of the idea of what, what we actually think about um, alcohol and other drugs playing a key role beyond the actual incident. Mm, and I think the, I think the thing that probably stuck out for me in this article was how alcohol and other drugs is often seen, and it it says it's a, it's often seen as a moral deficit or failing rather than as a health issue. And I think that probably slapped me in the face a bit because I thought about all the other things that we consider a health issue in the workplace and how we would make allowances for that health issue, yet an addiction, which we know is, you know, grappling, you know, tens of thousands, if not millions around the world, um, do we make the same allowance? No, because it's, it's illegal. You'll have a safety incident but we treat it, I, I do, I, I really resonated with this, it's a moral deficit or failing rather than a how am I supporting you as an organisation to overcome a health issue? And I think for me that was the like, yeah, yeah, you're right kind of piece of the article. Yeah, look, it, it the article dives into um, what we attach to um, people with uh, with an alcohol or, or other drug um, situation. And it, it talks about, you know, our beliefs around it being attached to violence and, and as you said, the deficit and uh, unsafe behaviours, which, you know, we're not going to debate that there is that correlation, um, you know, that, that we associate that to someone being less um, than or less capable um, than someone who who doesn't present with alcohol or, or other drugs. Um, so it really taps into that psychological stigma that we attach to um, people who are using drugs or or people who are engaging in alcohol activities that then present at work. Um, and and we probably haven't explored this enough. I think you know when I found this article, it's not something that I've ever considered before, and that's why I really thought it'd be worth you know, us touching on it today and, and thinking about, um, as you said, you know, is this an illness or is it a problem? Mm. And that's why I, I, I thought the same. I think it really it took me as one of those, do you know what? Like I probably haven't 
truly done that consideration either. And and I reflect on uh, some of the early days in my career. I've worked uh, with a director who we knew from lunchtime onwards that we wouldn't get this particular person looking at board reports or, you know, sending uh, high-level documents because we'd go to the pub of a lunchtime and would have the whiskey in the cabinet. So we knew it was there. We, you know, there was nothing ever said about it, but there were certain tasks that were changed. And I think about in the workplace that we are in now, you know, how that would be handled. But I think I certainly applied, you know, stigma and things like that, like, you know, laziness and, you know, just your, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel safe around you. Like, you know, you stink because they, the, the alcohol coming off them. And it was just all of these, as I was reading it, it just took me back to these times where it's like, yet super high functioning in an, in a normal kind of work day, but just wasn't on say those high risk tasks. Yeah. And look, there's a, there's a sentence here that I've really wanted to, to highlight. Um, it says that AOD or alcohol and other drug use in the workplace is prevalent in many countries and is often associated with risk, productivity and safety. Mm. However, in contrast to popular hell beliefs, most people who use drugs and or alcohol do so infrequently and do not experience significant problems and are not addicted. Um, so that, that's an interesting conversation um, for us to have but it makes me reflect on a lot of my working career has been in heavy industry mining construction um, areas where you know there's zero tolerance to an alcohol or other drug reading and similarly it's been perceived as a, as a problem and bad um, and, you know if you presented um, we we didn't look at it um, the same way as if you broke your arm. Um, so it, it really made me think about that and think about, um, you know, the discriminatory side of this or the stigma that we associate with this. And if someone was suffering from a situation, an associated situation, let's say depression, anxiety, problems at home, where alcohol and other drugs are part of the coping mechanism, not necessarily the problem in itself, um, would that person come forward and say, you know, hey, I've got this issue, can you help me? Or would they be rather convinced that, that they would be discriminated against and penalised and seen as a poor employee, um, which then means that the behaviour, unsafe or not, continues to to go on. So it, it really does open up the idea of what's our tolerance level for people coming forward and saying, I've got an issue and I need assistance here, um, and how quickly will we attach this is unsafe behaviour, it's not okay, um, you need to be stood down, you need to be removed from the workplace as opposed to looking at it as somebody has flagged that they need our support and assistance. Yeah, and that's that was exactly the lens that I came to it with is that, you know, and I have worked with these people in my time where it's like they would call in sick because they knew that either drug and alcohol testing was on site that day or, you know, the fear of, oh, God, I hope I didn't have too many last night. I'm going to be stood down and kicked off site. And and I think certainly organisations come with that lens. And look, you know, when we're not here to argue from the safety perspective that that's not the right, but it's like if I turned up going, oh, God, I had a, had a really bad panic attack last night and, and I'm a bit worried about how I show up for work today, 
you know, that would almost be embraced with open arms. How do I support you? You know, how do I make sure that you're healthy and well today? Like, you know, can we change your tasks versus, hey, I had too many, too many beers last night and whether it's a addiction or not, uh, it's a no, go home till you, you're fit for duty. And I really, really did think about, I don't think we are for the most part set up for someone with alcohol and other drug related um, addiction to come forward like we are in the, you know, where we're moving, I guess, with the uh, psychological kind of piece in the workplace. So we've got the physical harm down pat. We know if you turn up with a broken arm that we'll do this. We're moving in it with the psychological piece, but are we actually capturing the alcohol and other drug related in that kind of movement to say, how do we support you? You and I talk about it all the time as your whole self uh, addiction or not. Yeah, look, I think it, it talks about the fact that our AOD policies um, can facilitate and promote that stigmatisation. And uh, and that's rather interesting because um, I've never thought of it like that. I've never looked at an AOD before and thought, how is this encouraging um, people who need support um, to come forward versus to hide what they're doing? Um, and and that's, that sentence there about... Um, that our AOD policies implemented in the workplace may facilitate and promote the stigmatisation. Um, as I said, I, I've not looked at it like that before, so it's it's interesting. I think I think certainly, you know, what you're saying makes sense. And the piece that I found really interesting is it says in the article, as far as strategies to reduce that stigma, is making the same provisions for staff with alcohol and other drug-related problems as they do for staff with other health conditions or challenging personal circumstances, flexible work arrangements, reasonable adjustments of, of um, duties. And I thought that's that's exactly spot on with what we're trying to say around are we truly letting someone bring their whole self and supporting them with the right policies, practices, and again, reducing that stigma so we can have people talk up about it. And it, it does lend itself to a call to action for, for each of us in the health and safety industry to review our policies and identify where is that discriminatory side of things and the stigma that we may not have identified prior to this podcast. Because certainly when I read this article, I thought, yes, I'm guilty of this. I had some preconceived ideas and certainly in my earlier days in this, this profession, um, I would have been exactly like this article, um, that it's a problem, it's your fault, it's an issue, it needs to be isolated from the workplace. And now when I think about it and I think that, you know, if, if I am depressed and I am not sleeping or if I am, you know, dealing with something very complex outside of work um, and I, you know, have a, a car accident um, on site um, because of those pressures and because of my levels of distraction, um, we work with that person to resolve that issue. But if in the process of, of doing the ICAM investigation, it comes up that I was on drugs, um, we look at that very differently. Yeah, so, they're cut from the business, right? Yeah, and that's that, it, the, the article no, says, no. yeah, it says, you know, at the time and guilty have written the policies before, <laughs> um, you know, we may be facilitating and promoting that stigmatisation because we're so focused on 
protecting the organisation from the safety risk and protecting the workplace from productivity loss that we focus more on the punitive measures than rather than the whole of workplace approach. And and I think equally I was talking to a lady earlier this week where, you know, she's got a tradie who wants to go and have lunch and over lunch he goes, he has his lunch at the pub and he has a beer. Uh, and I said, yeah, right, but what are you going to do to talk talk to him about it? You know, you, she just wants to flatline zero alcohol policy. And again, it's like if we, we flatline these zero alcohol policies, why do you think someone would come and talk up? Because they're at risk then of they're not compliant with the rules and they're kicked out of the business. So I think there's a long way for us to go. And, and certainly I think for both of us, and as you said, for our listeners to kind of go, yeah, right. That's not something that maybe we, we've thought about. And, and as you and I have said, we're not here to argue that, you know, Im- impairment certainly can cause some real safety incidents, but so can lack of sleep, so can mental health. How are we supporting and how do our policies support people to work through this health issue as opposed to an, um, a, a moral uh, undoing, basically? Yeah, again, I'm going to quote from the article because I I just love it. Um, Mm. A whole workplace approach recognises AOD use as a wider workforce wellbeing issue that can affect any employee rather than a problem that resides within a minority of individual employees. Love that statement. Um, Can completely resonate with that statement and can see where I've failed against that statement in the past. Um, It makes me reflect, I was writing an alcohol and other drugs policy in the mining industry many years ago and I remember having this complex conversation with the executive suite about um, recreational drugs and and I was black and white that everything's bad and everything's this and and I remember um, this very prominent um, leader saying to me, you would be surprised if you knew how many very senior people use recreational drugs as part of their lifestyle and it's not for you to say whether that's right or wrong. Mm. Um, now comes back as I read this article and go, that's interesting because... Um, you know, just because it gets detected or undetected, um, who who are we to define that that's a great employee versus that's not a good employee? Um, so I think the reality here is that we do need to widen our scope of tolerance and we need to actually look at the stigmas that might be embedded within our policies and look at, you know, whole of lifestyle wellbeing and also look at the fact that as that statement says, Um, alcohol and other drugs can affect any employee. Um, So I think we really need to to take that as a a key note um, from this podcast today. Look, and I think, one, we live in Australia where there's not a social event that doesn't include a beer. Uh, Two, we have, uh, I don't know, events, whatever you might call it, called Dry July and you only have to go on your Facebook feed to see how many people suffer through Dry July. Therefore, you'd have to question at what level does it become an addiction versus an an addiction that can cause impairment in the workplace because I think, you know, it would be like saying we're going to take chocolate away from everyone and all of a sudden it's like, hang on a minute, that's my 3 p.m. pick me up. But that's seen as a tolerable, I get it, I get it having a chocolate isn't going to crash the car. I get that. But I just think it is this really eye-opening piece to go, we live in a culture that really, really does underpin our social interactions on alcohol. Um, 
whether drugs are included or not. Uh, I think, as I said, we only have to look at dry July to see how people struggle to get through a month with, you know, no wine on a Friday night or let's catch up on Friday afternoon beers. Like it's so culturally driven in what we do here in Australia that I think how can we then have these policies that are so prescriptive and punitive to really, I guess, dismiss that this is part of our culture and you know i agree with zero tolerance in some circumstances but how do we i guess empower people to come forward and talk about themselves as as a person and and airs and graces um or not so great article find chandra that was a you article and i loved it yeah look it it really gets us to define um or, or to look at the difference between productivity losses and safety versus punitive behaviour. Um, and I think that's something for us to consider. Um, does our policy focus on the punitive behaviour or does it focus on the prevention of productivity losses and safety? Mm. Um, or, or I should say the other way around, safety and productivity losses. But regardless, um, how fixated are we on it's bad, it's wrong, it shouldn't be here versus it happens, let's be realistic, it's part of the world which we live in um, and does that ultimately um, lend to discriminatory behaviour in the workplace that we potentially turned a blind eye to? Mm, powerful stuff. Um, would love to hear from listeners today what they thought of it because I think it is one of those topics that you and I can both say, Yep, guilty as charged. We've both thought of it. So there's got to be others out there. So I'm super keen to hear what people think of this one. So let us know. We'll drop the article in the show notes uh, and keen to to hear others' experience. But thank you for your time yet again. Can't wait for another Topic Tuesday. Who knows? You're more than welcome, listeners, if there's an article, I think I said it before, that you find and you find really interesting and you want Chandra and I to break it down by all means. Uh, if not, we will continue to scour the internet for things that make us go, oh, that's really cool, and we'll have a chat about it. Thanks, Alana. Another interesting conversation. Yeah, thanks, Chandra. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.